Welcome back to This Week in Baseball. Uh, today we're going to go over some recent movement around the league. Even though the league is still somewhat held hostage over the uh, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado deals not making any progress at the moment. I know the Phillies are set to have another meeting with Bryce Harper this week. Hopefully they uh, make some strides there. Machado is still very much in play with Philly as well. The White Sox have really been burning up the uh, the trade rumors as well. They want some action there in Chicago. They are trying to lure some guys to the White Sox organization to uh, put a face on that franchise right now. They've been faceless for a few years. It's been a really long rebuild process there in Chicago. And, you know, with the Cubs right across the way there... Um, the pressure is on Reinsdorf, the owner there for the White Sox, to make some kind of splash here in the offseason. So still uh, a lot of waiting going on, uh, a lot of maneuvering between the agents and the owners. This is something that happens every offseason, uh, but it's really been bad the last few. These bigger free agents are waiting longer and longer. Your Scott Boris's of the world, the top agents are super, really aggressive because of the revenues skyrocketing in baseball right now. They're making more money than ever right now, the owners in baseball. Therefore, the best players association in all of sports, by the way, for the for the uh, players of Major League Baseball, they're aggressive. And they know that the more that the revenues are going up, these players are going to be asking for a ton of money. A lot of maneuvering going on between uh, the different sides. Uh it's, it's frustrating for us as the fans and the analysts out there because, uh, like I've said numerous times on the last few podcasts, we're on hold. Everything is frozen. There's a lot of top free agents uh, such as Dallas Keuchel and A.J. Pollock, uh, Moustakis, uh, Markakis. There's a lot of guys that are on hold that want to move places, but they need these top guys to find out where they're going. So basically, these agents have the baseball world somewhat held hostage at the at this moment but we'll make our best with what has been done there has been some movement and i wanted to go over that uh in this podcast that's leading to some excitement for some franchises the first uh move i want to talk about or moves i want to talk about in franchise that has kind of been under the radar a little bit and they've been very active this offseason is the new york mets they recently uh picked up uh, made a trade with the Astros actually traded away some young talent for JD Davis and then they also picked up Broxton uh, a very very steady glove in center field uh, it's it's Broxton will be good at the top of that lineup he's got a little pop he's got some issues with uh, the strike zone he tends to strike out quite a bit that's not what you want somebody at the top of your lineup to do but that is something in the major leagues that can be adjusted and worked on J.D. Davis, I watched him here in Houston. He never really panned out or had a ton of opportunities at the top, uh, you know, at the major league level because the Strohs were so loaded. He never really got a full opportunity. He will there in New York. He's a very good player. He's a steady uh, third baseman there. Uh, he's got a little pop in his bat. Um, he can play first as well, uh, even outfield if needed. Um, so he's versatile, uh, your classic Astros, uh, uh, farm system guy. Usually they are multiple position guys. 
Um, I think he's going to pan out for the Mets. I really do. I think he's going to be a steady player. I don't know how high his uh, ceiling is. Um, That is something to be determined. But he's been very good in the minors. And I think he could be a decent piece, a quiet piece that the Mets picked up this offseason that could really help them out. Same with Broxton. Great glove. At the very least, you're going to get a steady glove in the outfield. And I think he can be an exciting uh, leadoff or two-hole guy for the Mets. Um, They've got a lot of things they need to work on um, in the batter's box with Broxton. But he's got a lot of potential, and he does have a little pop in his bat and a ton of speed. So those are two moves that the New York Mets made that I think is leading them in the right direction. They've quietly put together a decent little team there in New York. I think there's more moves to be made. They also want to re-sign DeGrom. Uh, They're trying as hard as they can to not let him get away. And if they do that, I think the Mets might. uh, They're in a a pretty loaded division. I think top-heavy division. I think the Phillies are going to make some moves and get a lot better quicker. The Nats are not going anywhere. They're still going to be a steady team. And like I've said in the last few podcasts, I've talked a lot of Atlanta Braves talk. And I really do think, I still think they're the team that's going to win that division. It's not a popular opinion. A lot of people have the Nats or the Phillies. There's some people that have the Nats winning the NL. They think they're that good. I think they're a little overrated. Uh, But they made a move today that I'm about to get to that may put the Nats back on my radar a little bit there in the East. And that's what we'll move on to next is Brian Dozier signed with the Washington Nationals. And for fantasy purposes, I think it's a great fit. I think this guy's going to produce there in Washington. Uh, So I think it's going to move him up a little bit in a fantasy draft. But just on baseball terms, I think Dozier's a great fit there. He will, he's not Murphy. Murphy was a better hitter uh, for sure. But Dozier's not far off. Very similar players, honestly. Um, So I think Dozier will fit right in with the Nats. He's the type of player that they like. Um, and with their young team, I think Dozier's going to really fit in well and help make up for the loss of some of those numbers that Harper takes with them when he leaves. So Dozier getting signed by the Mats, the Nats, the Nationals, uh, to me is a very, very good signing. Uh, I think that really helps the top of the lineup, helps Soto out a little bit up there and Keeps the Nats on everybody's radar. And I think the Nats are in play for a few other decent free agents. I think they're in talks with Keuchel as well. Uh, Keuchel's still wide open, though. But at least the Nats are on the table there. If they get Keuchel and Dozier, those are two big plays that they need to uh, stay at that top level there in the NL East. And I don't think the NL East has any world beaters yet. I think the Braves are slowly getting there. Um steadily getting there uh they have a chance to shock people and maybe be that Uh, but there's no guarantee in the east right now so the nats with the signing of dozier today i think stay very relevant in the nl east the team i want to get to that's really i mean i've got stars by their their name everywhere i think a lot of people are downplaying them uh i think vegas released their odds on number of wins today And the prediction was 83 wins. And I think they're going to finish better than that. And I know they're in a division, the NL Central, that is loaded. Possibly the toughest division in all of Major League Baseball. Every team in the NL Central is a good team this year. Even the Pirates. Pirates are probably going to still finish last, but very talented. They might be last with 75 wins or so. One of those teams that are a 
strong, scrappy last place team because they're stuck in the division they're in. Um, that will be between them and the Reds. Whoever has the better season, that will be interesting. Uh, but the Brewers, the Brewers are making a lot of moves right now. They signed Yasmani Grandel today. Grandal, sorry, Grandal, the catcher from the Dodgers. Good bat, very good bat. But the most important thing about Grandal is he handles pitchers very well. He's a master framer. Uh, he's really good behind the dish. And I think that goes a long way. I talked about that in the first podcast. I really, I grew up catching. I love the position. It reminds me of offensive line and football. It's very underrated. You have a good defensive catcher. Uh, it makes a world, a world of difference. And I think Yasmani Grandel will fit in perfectly there in Milwaukee. And they're also, they're not done yet. They're in play for Jed Lowry, Josh Harrison, or Marwin Gonzalez as well. They are in talks with all three of those guys. If they land one or two of those guys, along with Grandal, with the team they've got returning, Yelich and those guys, I wouldn't say they're, I mean, it's hard to even say they're going to win the division, but they are going to be in play because the Cardinals are loaded as well. And uh, it's going to be tough to say between the Brewers, Cardinals, Reds, Who's going to, Cubs? I mean, all these guys are battling out for the same spot. And, I mean, it's definitely going to be the division to me, in my eyes, that's going to have the division winner and one of the wildcard teams, at the very least. Uh, Just So who, to me, it's two teams are going to make the playoffs possibly in that NL Central. Who's it going to be? I automatically put the Cardinals in one or the other, either going to win the division or be in a wildcard. The other team right now, I'd have to say, is the Brewers. I know that I just said Vegas came out with an 83-win prediction. Um, I really think they're going to get to 90 wins again. I think they're going to be similar to last year's team. They're going to be scrappy. They've got a good lineup, good pitching staff. Um, And then if you add Jed Lowry, Josh Harrison, or Marwin, any of those three guys, to go along with the strong catcher uh, and what they have up the middle there, I mean, they are going to be... Uh, a fun team to watch again. They were fun to watch last year. Milwaukee was a, a extremely fun team to watch last year. And any of these moves that they can make here in these future moves and the few moves they've made in the past few days, um, Milwaukee's here to stay. They are not uh, uh, going to go down lightly. They are trying to stay relevant in the NL. And that's what you want to see. That is what you want to see out of an organization. I give them all the credit in the world right now. They've got a good coaching staff. Um, they're right now front office is showing some aggression. I think Milwaukee is uh, showing its fans that they are going to be a player in the NL this year. Excited for that franchise. Excited to see who they sign. Um, I really wish Marwin Gonzalez would sign with somebody. I want to see where he goes. I'm going to keep up with him as an Astros fan. I will always keep up with Marwin Gonzalez. I think he's just one of those. He's the best utility guy in the game. And he's just one of those glue guys that wherever he goes, I'm curious to see if he can be one of the pieces that turn a franchise around or take a good franchise to the next level. I think Marwin Gonzalez is one of those guys. And for fantasy purposes, I think Marwin, if he turns into an everyday player, he's got the tools to really put up some numbers in fantasy. So on the fantasy side, I think um, Marwin is going to make a splash as well because I think wherever he goes this time, the money that he's wanting – He'll still probably be a utility, but he's going to play every day. 
He'll be somewhere in that field every day. Whoever signs him in. I'm very curious. I think Milwaukee would be a great fit for Marwin. Uh, the strange thing about Marwin, no AL teams seem to be making a play for Marwin right now. Uh, the White Sox are the only team I've heard mention him. That's strange to me. I don't know why. Um, but that seems to be the way it's working out for him in the offseason this year. And it doesn't really matter. It's just a curious thing to me that the AL team saw him the most. You'd think a lot of these teams that saw him the most would be making a bigger play on Marwin. Could just be the money he's asking for. He is asking for quite a bit of money. But a very interesting uh, Brewers movement this offseason. The Phillies. um, I know there's been a lot of Phillies talk, but they've got the most money in the majors to spend right now. Uh, And they're still on making strong plays. And I think strong enough uh, to say that, you know, it's out there that they're making these strong uh, pushes for these players. But I do think they're waiting to see. I know it sounds like we're just running in circles here with this, but they are waiting to see if they can land uh, one of the two, Harper and Machado. If they happen to miss out on Machado and Harper, which is possible, um, two of these three guys I think they're going to go for and sign. This seems to be the consensus. Uh, They want a good closer. They're making a good move towards Kimbrell. Kimbrell's still leaning towards coming back to Boston, I believe, from what I'm reading. But Philly is throwing some money at him, especially if they don't get two of the big names or both big uh, names right now, Machado and Harper. Keuchel, I've mentioned before, he is still very much on Philly's radar. And A.J. Pollock, the outfielder, good leadoff. Uh, he's definitely one of those free agents on hold waiting to see where Harper goes. Uh, so Phillies are still out there wanting to spend money. Everybody's waiting for these, you know, Machado and Harper to make up their minds. And I think these are the guys uh, that are waiting in Philly. Um, you know, it, it would just, they can't really sign and put big numbers out there. They want to make sure they've got the money in case they decide to overspend. So that's why you've got these other free agents just kind of in limbo right now. Uh, another big news topic. It's, 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 it's not, it's fact. It's just hasn't happened yet. There's a lot of parts that need to be moved around, but the giants and the brewers are in talks. Um, they say if it happens, they want it to happen before spring training. Uh, because if the giants waited until mid season, they don't think they would get as much in return. So the giants and brewers who I just mentioned, uh, being as active as they are, are possibly possibly in the works for a, a Madison Bumgarner deal. The Giants are in, in rebuild mode. Uh, they want it to be a quick rebuild, but every team that rebuilds says that. So I think they're just going into full rebuild mode. Uh, you just don't want to say that to your fans because then they know they've got two or three years of, of bad baseball ahead of them. Um, but the Giants are, from everything that we're looking at with the contracts they've got coming up that, that they want to get off the books... I think that uh, getting rid of Bumgarner and getting top talent would be their best move right now. And I'm not the only one that thinks that. It's pretty much everybody in the baseball world right now thinks that would be the best move for the Giants at this point. They're probably not going to do much this year with what's around Bumgarner. And they could get... I think right now what's kind of stalling it is... uh, they want the two of the top pitching prospects from Milwaukee, uh, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, or Freddie Peralta. 
And I think it's kind of one of those similar situ- uh, situation that the Astros are dealing with with their top prospects. Uh, th- it's hard for them to let these guys go. They bring them up. They get excited about them. And then they're you know a year away, possibly this year, if not next year away, from bringing up these top pitching prospects that could be you know, when you say top pitching prospects for guys that are in triple A, double A, that are ready to go to the majors, it's really hard for any franchise to let top pitching prospects go, especially pitching. Now, it's one thing hitting because you can find a good hitter in the major leagues. It's hard to find top end pitching that could come up and be, you know, an inning eater, double digit winning starting pitcher. And that's what the Giants want in return for Bumgarner is top, top level farm system talent. And if they take the top two pitching prospects from Milwaukee, it's really going to hurt their uh, farm system. And it's something that they have to weigh out. I mean, you are getting Madison Bumgarner, top end of the rotation, possibly a 20-win guy. I don't think he's lost much. You're not losing anything in the batter's box. He can hit the ball very well, Shock, and it's very rare that you run into a guy that's a pitcher in the NL that um, can do it both ways. Um, and he's just a big, strong, lefty, dominant, left-handed pitcher. That alone is just gold in the Major League Baseball. If the Giants can land Bumgarner and get those free agents I mentioned earlier, Jed Lowry, Josh Harrison, Marwin Gonzalez, land any of those guys along with Bumgarner, I mean, they've already got Grundahl that can run the plate. That is going to be a great catcher. That's going to you know work with the pitching staff. That's what he's known for. I mean, the Brewers are lining up to be so strong. They they I think they understand where the Cardinals are at. The Cardinals have signed big free agents, Goldschmidt, good farm system coming up, great pitching staff. I think you know the Cubs and the Brewers are on alert, and they're going to have to try to keep up with the Cardinals and I think the Brewers if they can land <clears throat> this Bumgarner deal things are going to change quickly there in Milwaukee I think they're already I mean they made the playoffs last year I, I, when I say change I guess maybe stay the course it would probably be the better way of saying it uh, because Bumgarner is that guy he'll eat up innings he's a big left-handed uh, dominant you know he's going to give you six seven innings every outing and um, he is what he is. I guess I don't have to go too long on Bumgarner. Everybody knows he's a great pitcher. And the Brewers, uh, it's looking like it's very much a possibility of them landing. It would be a one-year deal, so it wouldn't be a long-term. They would just take that contract off the last year of it off the Giants' hands. Giants get rid of all that money. They get a bunch of young, cheap talent, top-end cheap talent, and get ready for their rebuild. Both sides are happy. Brewers make a run this year. Keep up with the Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, and so on. And both sides are happy. And I really think it makes sense. And it'll probably be before spring training. So within the next 30 days, I do believe that Bumgarner will end up being a Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, We're going to move on to the Rangers. The Rangers are making a strong push for Josh Harrison. They want to sign him think they're hashing out years and money um not a guarantee because there's quite a few teams making a push for harrison he is a wanted uh free agent by multiple teams uh but it seems like the rangers are at the top of the list right now they would play him at third um 
they've had some guys move on in retirement, some movement there with the Rangers. So I think uh, Josh Harrison would fit right in with that club. He is a very, very steady fielder. Just a good ball player. He's 31, but 31 in Major League Baseball is not old. Um, so he's right at the back end, but still in his prime. Um, and I think Josh Harrison, the Rangers need something. They're, if they don't make a signing or two here in the next six weeks or so, or heading into uh, spring training, um, I think they're in trouble. I, I just There's teams in that NL West, including the Athletics, that are just more aggressive, have a little bit better talent. The Rangers are, are slipping and slipping fast. It started last year. They looked bad at the end of the year. Profar has moved on. And um, I just, I'm shocked because the Rangers were such a good organization for, you know, a good 15, 20 year run there. Um, and it just seems like the aggressiveness has really fallen off for them. Um, things are changing. The West, you know, the Astros included have passed them up quite a bit. And I think Josh Harrison would be a good move for them to try to stay relevant. They still got a ton of holes there with the Rangers. Uh, when we go over them, I'll uh, break them down for you. But, yeah, they've got too many holes, I think, to keep up. But to fill one of those gaps, Harrison would be a great, great pickup. Uh, before we go, there's there's another guy that really has been on my radar for a couple weeks now. And I've been hearing the rumblings um, of him leaving Detroit. And with the numbers he put up last year, Castellanos, by the way, third baseman there in Detroit, he put up good numbers, 298, 23, and 89. 298 batting average, 23 homers, 89 ribbies, playing eight, you know, half his schedule in Detroit. That is a cavernous field there, giant field in Detroit, cold weather, you name it. Anything that is against batting stats, very much a pitcher's park. And Castellanos, I mean, great OPS. I mean, the guy, 300 hitter, almost 100 ribbies, great pop. If if he moves anywhere, and there's, I think that might be the worst hitting part, maybe San Diego's got Detroit beat. Because San Diego's ridiculous. Uh, but Detroit as well, no help to the hitter. But if Castellanos moves, and the team that's making, believe it or not, I know I've been talking them up the last couple podcasts, but the team that's making the big push for Castellanos right now is the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they spoke with Detroit at the winter meetings. They really wanted to get a play in on him. And to me, Castellanos is one of those guys that not, he doesn't you know, make anybody's eyes light up. But he's... A very, very good hitter. Uh, he had some issues with striking out his first couple seasons in the major leagues, but he's worked on all that. He's gotten better on a lot of the stuff that he had trouble with in his first, you know, his rookie season and his second season. And that's the beauty of baseball. These top players, not all players do try to adjust all the time. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's nice to see a good player possibly turn into a great player. And I think that's what Castellanos is doing right now. And Detroit, where they're at, and where Castellanos is at, and where he's heading money-wise and so on, and where his talent is taking him, I think he needs to go to a contender. I really do. And I think he could be a big player on a contender. I think it would help him out personally. It would help his money out. He would get a bigger contract down the road. Um, and he would get to display his talent um, in a ballpark, a home park, that will uh, play up his offensive abilities. Now, Atlanta's not perfect. It's not a great hitter's park, but 
like I said in the last podcast, it heats up there in Atlanta in the summer. The ball does pop a little bit. And um, you're not dealing with conditions like wind. You know, Detroit, even when it heats up in the summer, you're dealing with a lot of wind blowing in there. Um, it's it's tough to be a hitter in Detroit. It just really, really is. The conditions are always uh, messing with the hitters there. It never fails. And I think if he moved to Atlanta, uh, it would fit perfectly. I mean, with what Atlanta already has, with the young nucleus, the addition of Josh Donaldson, Freeman's been there for a while as a steady, you know, good hitting first baseman. I mean, the sky's the limit for that team if Castellanos can get there. Um, I don't know exactly where he would play because they've got Josh Donaldson. I don't know if they'd move Josh to first or vice versa, Castellanos to first. I don't know how that would work. A Freeman's already there, actually. Um, so I don't know. I think Castellanos does play the outfield as well. Maybe they would slide him out there. I don't know how that would work. It would probably be a trade situation, so that might free that up. Um, but it's one of those, it's a good problem to have. I'm sure, uh, that could be worked out, um, through another trade or however that would work with Atlanta to get him there. Um, but that as a landing spot for Castellanos would be great. And fantasy wise, um, it would definitely give him an uptick if he can get out of Detroit. To me, he's still a top, you know, six, seven round guy to me in fantasy baseball. And a lot of people have him lower than that, but I don't think so. I think he's ready to produce especially in the right situation. Um, the last thing I want to go over before we go is Mike Moustakis. Um, he's the back burner guy right now. The Phillies and the White Sox are both making a big play for, they call him the Moose, for Mike Moustakis. Uh, but both of them have him as the backup plan. So if the White Sox or the Phillies miss out on Harper and Machado, Mike Moustakis is likely to sign with whichever team misses out on him. If they both miss out on him, it's just going to be who offers the most money. Uh, and that's where he's at. He's definitely one of those guys that's waiting for one of you know these big named, the top two guys to land somewhere. Because if wherever they don't land, him, along with Marwin and a couple other guys, are guys that these teams are going to shoot for. Probably overpay a little bit. I'm sure that's what their agents are telling them in their ear, is to wait. And then you've got some leverage. And Mike Moustakis is in that situation right now. Uh, is uh, Where are they going to sign? Whoever doesn't sign, they're going to make a play for Moustakis. Now, is he either one of those guys? No, but he's a steady, strong bat and it's something that will soften the blow if you don't get one of the top free agents. Um, if if the Braves uh, don't get Castellanos, this is one thing I read today, and I do agree with it. If they don't get Castellanos, uh, they're really going to make a play for either Marwin Gonzalez or bring Nick Marcakis back. They want to re-sign him. Um but they really have their eyes set on Castellanos. So the Braves are still, with all of that young talent, the Kuna and everything they've got building there, they're still out here working on some free agents. I mean, I can't tell. I'm off the charts excited about the Braves right now. This will be the last time I talk about the Braves. I get it. I've been heavy Braves these first few podcasts. And I'm not a Braves fan. That's what's funny. Um, but it sure is sounding like I am right now just because I look at them on paper right now and they've just got so much exciting movement happening and the young players. If they get Castellanos, I mean, it just adds on. 
to the excitement. If they don't and they get, say, Marwin Gonzalez, that's to me, that's just as good as a Castellano signing. Because I think if you give Marwin every day playing time, I think he can put up Castellanos numbers. I really do. He's that good. Marwin is very underrated. And you got to understand with Houston, they moved him around a lot. He didn't play every day. And he was what he was. Trust me, he was with the glue of that team. One of the guys that just a steady guy that was there if you needed him. You could put him anywhere. And if they don't land Castellanos, which I think is their number one priority in this situation, where they're at right now, if they don't, Marwin or even bring a Nick Marcakis back. The guy was an all-star last year. The guy can play. Either way, I think the Braves will be set. So those three guys for the Braves, Castellanos, Marwin Gonzalez, Nick Marcakis, any of those three coming back with what they have is really going to keep the Braves, to me, at the top of that East division. And uh, that's why the Mets, I think, are starting to show some aggression. I think the Nats signing Dozier showed a little bit of worry on their end. These teams see the Braves making this, this, they're swelling, you know, they're getting to the top of that division. And um, you can see the teams around them uh, really starting to make some movement. The Marlins, uh, Miami's really kind of hamstrung a little bit. That's why they want to get rid of Real Muto. Uh, They need some people to come back. They need some talent, young talent to come back to them a little bit. And I think that's what Real Muto is going to provide for the Marlins. And he's another top free, you know, uh, not free agent, but definitely a guy that's going to be on the move that the league is waiting um, on to see where he lands. Well, guys, that's going to uh, cut it a little early today. Uh, we're still in the midst of this frozen offseason, waiting for these top guys to make their moves. So there's limited amounts to talk about at this point as far as movement, but it's going to heat up over the next 30 days leading up to spring training. There is going to be movement. Bumgarner is going to figure out what's going to happen with him. I'm sure Harper and Machado are going to have to get something done by February. And things are heating up. So as we move on to next week, uh, there should be some uh, massive movement with these top free agents. And really, this is the time of year where every team in the major leagues feels a little bit of excitement. Who's coming up in the farm system? Who's going to show up in spring training? What's the lineup going to look like? Who's our top pitcher going into this year? All of that starts to rumble and and build into February. And then once pitchers and catchers report, it's go time. Then it's, you know, 100 miles an hour up to the uh, beginning of the regular season. And that I cannot wait for. Uh, before we go, there's one thing I want to go over. The uh, I'm still getting emails, a ton of emails, um, about the top three baseball movies. And it, it's pretty interesting. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of... I, I wouldn't say there's been some new movement, but uh, Moneyball has crept into the top three at the point, at this point. So it's... Sandlot at number one, Bull Durham at number two, and Moneyball, believe it or not, has slid into number three ahead of the natural. So uh, it's been very interesting. It's been there's been some good back and forth talking about why we like certain baseball movies through the email. Uh, my email is in, or I'm sorry, this week with Todd at gmail.com. 
thisweekwithtodd at gmail.com uh, for the guys that uh, haven't already been emailing. Um, I've got a built-in group from Fantasy Life app that has followed me from my fantasy football uh, podcast, and I appreciate you guys. Jason out there, Jason from New Jersey, shout out to you, buddy. Me and you have some great, great conversations. Thanks for spreading the word up there, by the way. And uh, if any of you guys get a chance, check out the Baboon uh Travel Packs, um, they're a new sponsor of ours, and they're great, by the way. Uh, other than that, I appreciate you guys listening. I'll get you another podcast out as soon as possible. I'm out.